Welcome to the Giant Dwarf Podcast, a podcast about Kings of War and a lot of other stuff, with Fred and Nido. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Giant Dwarf Podcast. I am Fred. And I'm Vidar. The Hound is here, as Jens calls it, the Hound. Is it the Hound? No? Yeah, it varies a little bit. Uh, and um, yeah, we are here at my place and um, having a drink. Gonna play some games later. This time we're making podcasts before uh, getting drunk? Uh, yeah. Uh, did you see... Oh, and here comes the Steve Hildrew mention of the, of the day. Did you see Steve Hildrew uh, wrote... Uh, that we got hammered during our previous episode. Yeah, that that that's actually what he got out of our uh, podcast. Uh, yeah, so apparently. I'm not, not sure I like him anymore. No. Oh come on, <laughs> it's Steve. <laughs> and I I listened to it just a couple of days ago to you know to just remember what we talked about so I don't repeat myself every time. And I didn't think we were that drunk. I felt a bit like uh, I don't know. Felt like he almost shamed us uh, needlessly. Yeah, uh, I, I, after he said that, I felt kind of drunk. When you listen to yourself? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, in but any I, case... I was not drunk. I drink, I drink much more than that any other day. Oh, so maybe you just sounded... Uh, you probably sounded drunk because you got really into it. Yeah, in the, I think it was in the, the room end, for improvement. The, the the <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. But anyway, uh, how have you been? Uh, it's been a week since I've seen you. Uh, have you been at home with the, with your kids? It's been a good week. I've been alone, uh, alone home with my youngest son. Yeah. Because the rest of the family went to a team park. Mm. Uh, that's been nice, calm and nice. And I started painting again. Finally. Yeah, finally. Because you started this mam- mammoth. I was going to say a mammoth project, but that just sounds. It's an actual mammoth, right? Yeah. Cool. It's a. Uh, I think it's an ogre stone horn with some old uh, metal oh. miniatures on top on yeah. the platform. And it's what is it? Uh, is it Kings of Men? Kings of Men mammoth. Isn't it strange that Northern Alliance don't have a mammoth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they should have a woolly mammoth. Yeah, you're right. But humans, they of course have one. They have one. Maybe because they use DNA to, you know, bring one back. That must and be it. That's in Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and you're on holiday now, right? Yes. Long teacher's holiday, or yeah. mm-hmm. sounds good. Um, so, you, you, are you have you gotten into your holiday mood, or have you are you still sort of fresh on vacation? So you don't really. Uh, well, this is uh, the last, the next uh, tomorrow, or I guess when this podcast airs is the last week when uh, the kids will be home from kindergarten. Okay. So uh, then they would be. They have been home for three weeks. Then after that week, and yeah. after that, it's vacation again. I should say because then I can. Oh. Uh, uh, let the kindergarten take care of their. Oh, okay. Uh, so up until now, you you've kind of had the, you you had to take uh, you know and entertain your kids every day. Yeah, it's always a project each day to. Uh, yeah. Do something useful, make them tired, and enjoy themselves. So. 
Mm. Uh, I'm ready for a second uh, vacation after <laughs> next week. But what about second vacation? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, cool. So that will be your... <laughs> <laughs> That's my conversation at, at our place. Exactly. Yeah, I need a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You already had a vacation. But what, what about my second vacation? <laughs> um, do, do you think you, you'll do like more... Even more hobby and get more focus on hobby when you when the kids go back to kindergarten. Yeah, I'm planning to paint, train, and uh, play. That's my plan. Mm. Yeah. Nothing else going on. So. True. Um, and uh, yeah. and you are confident enough because you played a game with Martin uh, at the club not too long ago, right? Yes. Uh, or it was a while ago, I guess, but. Uh, so are you you are confident meeting people in in real life now and having actual games? Uh, yes, I am. But I hope more people will join because there's uh, both me and Martin were talking about it that um, it's sort of uh, hard to get on with it again. Yeah, everything's it's a bit difficult. Mm-hmm. What is easier is to open a computer game and play that instead yeah. instead of getting back to playing. But once you start play, you realize how fun it is. Yeah. And it can be even more fun if more people play at the same time. So uh, we yeah, were talking sure. about trying to make a day where more people can meet up. Yeah. Also, uh, we I have this painting challenge, you know, uh, for yeah. the Norwegian community. And uh, I think maybe August uh, has something to do with playing. With playing? Yeah. Okay. Painting and playing. So play with what you paint, like something post a picture like, of Something you. like that. Okay. You didn't hear it from me, but... Uh, uh, a rumor. Yeah. A hot tip. Okay. So now I was actually thinking more about the, not just that you remember how fun it is, but the whole, like, ooh, can we actually meet uh, people again? You know, the whole social distancing thing. Yeah. But uh, I feel like people at our club are starting to gradually, well, are really starting to open up a bit more. It's just that uh, us Kings of War... Our gang has been a bit slower than the other gangs. So I think, as far as I know, um, the War Machine players have almost normalized. Uh, I mean, they have like uh, yeah, but they are like professionals, aren't they? World champions. I'm sure they have sponsors <laughs> and everything. Uh, well, yeah, they they are actually. Is that horrible? We have the world champions in War Machine in our local club. I feel disgusted. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> doesn't help uh, in the whole War Machine versus King's War situation, at least. Well, soon it will. Well, maybe it does, actually. Rumor has it that soon it won't be War Machine against King's War. It will be King's War and War Machine against Age of Sigmar. Yeah, allegedly. There's been... Uh, yeah, I've heard that. There's been, like... I don't know, rumor has it there's this big... Uh, I don't know, a resurgence of old, like, really old veteran players. And we, I'm talking about the ones that, like, that founded the club... You know, the old boys that yeah. I, I haven't seen some of them for like years and years. Yeah, because they started with War War Machine, but then... They fell out pretty quick. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it seems like they, some of those guys have started with Age of Sigmar. Uh, and uh, um, I don't know how I feel about that, but uh, I didn't. we did sp- speak a little bit about this already. And uh, I guess, like we said, one of the few upsides is that they also will need six-foot gaming tables like us, and mm-hmm. they will need fantasy terrain. So um, uh, no longer will we feel like we are being like squeezed out, because uh, uh, the War Machine players, they're like, oh, we don't need this terrain, we just use this 
these flat cutouts, you know, the 2D terrain. And also they play on four foot tables. So it's probably better for us actually to have some Age of Sigmar players, uh, ironically. Also, there might be some funny faces uh, watching, uh, funny faces to watch when they start to grow those uh, uh, curious moustaches. <laughs> which I heard the uh, game Age of Sigmar is all about. That's I don't think that's a part of it anymore. No, no. <laughs> but that was the first, yeah, first. I thought, oh, that. yeah. Now it's like what's really pulling the Age of Sigmar players now must be the possibility to have two terms in a row. Probably, yes. yeah. You came mm-hmm. for the mustache, but you stayed for the two terms in a row. Yeah, yeah. Must be so. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've been speaking to some of those guys and like, I don't, I've been saying like I understand like why you are doing this because. I mean, as a gaming club, we've had, we have really lost like connection with the mainstream, you know. Um, no, we no longer go to the Games Workshop, and we've all been hating on Games Workshop for like five years. Um, and I think some of the old guard, they, they, I think they started to fare for, like the future basically of the gaming club, and like we only play these more narrow games like War Machine. Is for the you know the most cutthroat players. The uh, at least our crew is like that, and or King's War is that it's just the you know the cuddly club, like oh just drink some beer and see what happens. So, I mean the the War Machine players uh, they don't want to play King's War because they feel like it's too I don't know too jolly, too too little competitive, right? Um, so but I think they want to get back to the. They want one at least one game to be played at our club that's like mainstream, so we can actually, you know, have a chance of getting new members, yeah, recruiting some p- <clears> new people. <laughs> you know, watching this as a Kings War player, mm-hmm. it's uh, spectacular. It's uh, uh, astonishing. It's uh, yeah. We were we were standing there in the fighting pits to keep uh, to get Kings of War accepted mm-hmm. when the Warhammer died and War Machine entered. Yeah. And they were fighting, so they would not Kick substitute a, a circle-based game for another circle-based game, but leave the square-based game. And we were fighting to keep the square bases. Yeah. And it was the other circle-based game were more competitive and better and better rules. Allegedly, and we were yeah. told, mm-hmm. and we were just trying to hang in there, play Kings of War. Yeah, this was five years ago, right? Five years ago, mm-hmm. and then things started, has just gone by, mm-hmm. and now suddenly they are taking the step, not to the, back to the squares where they were originally mm-hmm. came from, but to the circle-based game they were actually running from in the first, in the place. first place. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how far you got in five years. Yeah, they're, that's, they're, it's they're, astonishing. Uh, they are back. Oh, I just realized uh, while I was saying this, I was going to say they are back to square one, but <laughs> except that it's not squares. Mm. They are back to circle one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is weird because Warhammer broke up or got broken and they didn't want to play the Sigmar. I even tried a couple of games with the Sigmar, but they just said, oh, fuck that shit, and they went War Machine instead. And yeah. now they've grown tired of War Machine and coming back to Age of Sigmar, like you, like you said, it's, it's really weird. And, um, and yeah, yeah from, from, for me, just watching that, coming from Kings of War and having played Kings of War, yeah. watching it replace all my hobby needs and gaming needs, mm-hmm. uh, uh, 
everything I had with Warhammer and more. Yeah. Uh, what I missed in Warhammer. Yeah. And then now, okay, we're back to Age of Sigmar again. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's really great because we've been playing fantasy now. We, we're, we never stopped, really. You know, we just went to King's War. But they've been out of fantasy for so long. I think they sort of they miss it so much. They're actually willing to go back to Games Workshop. And for me, it's like, oh my god, don't you know what you're doing? The codex creep and all that. They're gonna. And I met one guy who actually said, like, yeah, it's actually balanced because, yes, the new book is always the best. But then they nerfed that book a couple of months later, and then the new book is great, it's the best. So it kind of balances out. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, then you accept that as like a, like a good solution of balance? And it's yeah. not. It's only balanced if you purchase the new thing, yeah. which apparently they have all the plans to do because they, I don't know, they're apparently they have all the money in the world. To, to some of these guys are like they're like ten years older than us, though. Their kids are probably moved out the house. Yeah, they have uh, some time to spare, and they have uh, money you to know, spend. Uh, yeah, money and uh, commitment and and an interest. Yeah, uh, and that's that's fine. Mm. And you should do it. I just think it's strange that the same people comping. Warhammer and making that a t- tournament-friendly game. Yeah, fled the scene when Age of Sigmar arrived mm-hmm. for for two War Machine, and then yeah, uh, like yeah, but yeah, it's funny. I actually w- I went onto the Discord, uh, our club's Discord. Uh, when was this? Two days ago, and uh, I saw a couple of old friends that I haven't seen for a long time, like Trun and Mats. They were online in this voice channel. So I sort of logged on and said, hey guys, hey, and they were all both painting Age of Sigmar models. Wow. And uh, and Alexander Blomquist was there as well. And he was like, oh Fred, are you going to join too? And I just didn't answer. And then Trun said, I don't think so. Because he, he knows me, sort of. Yeah. But then I said, no, I don't think so. But, you know, it's, it's cool that you guys are, are coming back, you know. And and, uh, and I didn't want to be too negative, you know, but... Uh, uh, Trun, he was like, "Oh, don't go there. Sort of, don't ask him that yeah. question." <laughs> oh, I, I, I guess this sounds like sort of a rant, uh, but I'm, I'm, I think it's pretty amazing. It's a, it's a, like I, I can't, I can't comprehend what's going on. <laughs> it sort of feels so crazy watching this uh, happening yeah. from a uh, Kings of War perspective. Yeah, and most of these guys, they even are bringing out their old miniatures, like. Uh, uh, Mats is bringing out the same old Chaos Warriors like oh come on <laughs> really <laughs> and uh, yeah no it's weird and um, rebase that shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's the fun part most of them have been forced to rebase them because last time they had these models they were on squares right mm-hmm. so uh, these guys are like oh it's I just finished rebasing all these models and uh, Blomquist was like, I have to rebase 100 Skaven. <laughs> Two rounds. And I was like, oh man, good luck. But we are not afraid of rebasing, which, I mean, when you go when you play Kings of War, you know that rebasing is quite simple. It's just yeah. when... But I know for, for uh, you know, I, I have experience that the first time you take one of your, like your old... Cherished, mo- cherished models and clip the base. It really, it feels like you're doing something horrible, you know, like oh, I'm ruining this model, and I'm sure that's how many of them feel now. They get that horrible first cut into their, yeah. you know, their old models that they thought they would never change or or do anything with. Yeah. Oh, anyway, so uh, yeah, strange times. So apparently, the coronavirus has um, uh, the biggest impact in Norwegian society. It's not the amount of deaths, 
but the, <laughs> the, the, the appearance of an Age of Sigmar scene in Oslo. Maybe there's a side effect in the coronavirus we don't know about. Yeah, I've heard that you can mess with your, your brain a little bit, apparently, so mm-hmm. maybe that's it. Maybe it makes the brain better, <laughs> more friendly to circular things. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, um, I've actually had... Uh, I mean, I'm back to work now, but I've had almost a whole week off because um, after... Uh, I've been just... Uh, after like Monday or Tuesday, uh, I was f- just feeling really bad, like really, really sick. Not sick as in like, I don't know, uh, my symptoms were just, I was super sleepy each day. Like I actually fell asleep on the kitchen table. Like I was just leaning on the kitchen table and, and I just put my head on my, on my, uh, on my, on my arms. And I just woke up like one hour later, I just fall asleep there Wow! after work. Well, and then I was like, oh, oh, and then I felt like really bad. So then I went to sleep on the sofa and I slept there for two hours. Oh, you probably need it. And, uh, and the wife, she insisted I go take a Corona test. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, she's a nurse and her worst fear is this spreading to her work because she works on like the post-operative, uh, you know, people just out of surgery. And if they get Corona, it's like all, all hell will break loose. So I did actually go take the test on Wednesday. I left to work like half day and then I went to the test. And then they said, you can't go back to work until you have the result back because you're not allowed. Hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. I have like rest of the week off then, I guess. And I did. I got, so I had rest of Wednesday off. Thursday, I thought I was going to get the result, but I didn't. So on Friday, like around lunchtime, I got the result, which was a negative. So Congratulations. You know. Do you only get that result, or do, can they tell if you had it before, or uh, you know? Mm, there are two different tests. Uh, the one I got, I think they're. Uh, well, no, I, I'm actually a bit out of my water here. I know you can test it just to see if you've had it. I think that's a much quicker test, and also the, it's this proper test uh, where you also see if you have it right now. I'm not sure if they if they like both can be done at the same time. Hmm. Uh, well, at least uh, you can uh, you can relax because I got a negative. So yeah, or mm-hmm. else I wouldn't be here. I <laughs> <laughs> what if I just told you I got a positive? <laughs> You'd be like, God damn it! God damn it, Fred! <laughs> this podcasting has gone way out of hand. Yeah. I wouldn't want to sacrifice one episode, even if I have the virus. Oh well. So, but that was interesting. Uh, got this. Uh, very long Q-tip, like into the nose and like all the way, you know, up the brain almost. You feel it like in the back of your, yeah. of your, uh, of your, of your throat. It's really wow. uncomfortable. It, it's really, it's quick, but it's like, and then, okay, and then you're all teary eyed and like you start coughing, like what the fuck just happened? This thing was like way down where it's. I've never felt anything before. <laughs> but I knew kind of how because I've had something similar before. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't wasn't the worst. I had the worst. Uh, so yeah, I had a Corona test. Yay! Yeah. You know, it's sign of the times. Uh, so yeah, so then I ha- I've had all these hobby time, right? Mm-hmm. So I've been. I can come back to that later in games and hobby. But I had suddenly these bonus days off. So uh, I've had like five a five day weekend. So I feel like I've gotten a little summer break extension almost. So back to work tomorrow. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, you know, I asked uh, the physician, like, so 
Um, is it like I have to stay at home and wait for the answer? And they were like, yes, you have to stay at home. And I couldn't help but smile like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, like I just did this too. <laughs> In my mind, I couldn't help to think like they probably suspect on some level. They suspect me like, oh, this motherfucker. You just took this test to get some days off. <laughs> so they, because there's, there has to be some people who do, who do that. You wow. know, they know they're going to get two or three days off. I didn't know that. Yeah, now you do. going to use that in oh, August. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're finally back to work, you're like, oh, I need a test. I have these symptoms. Well, well, and but the weird thing is, I don't now I have no idea why I was sleepy like that. But um, uh, we are thinking it might be allergy. Because yeah, right. uh, whatever whatever pollen is right is like spreading right now. I think it might be grass or something. It just really has hits me hard. Like I'm just super sleepy, and but I don't have those classic symptoms, you know, like runny nose and sneezing. I have a little bit, but mostly I've just been really just feeling weird and sleepy. This so. pollen shit is completely ruining your uh, big uh, Viking image. Yeah, whatever <laughs> I have when. When me and Lars first came, went over to England, yeah. so, so many people were so disappointed. Because yeah. they were like, we thought you were big Vikings. Yeah. We're like, no, we're like 172. We're <laughs> far from it. We're like 5 foot 7. And, uh, but, and we've been saying that on the podcast. I mean, we, we, we've always said that we are also, like not big guys. But still people are like, oh, no, two in the regions coming over. Oh, you oh. should have come. At least you're a you're yeah, normal height. Like, we, normal. we can go together. Yeah, then I'll look even smaller. <laughs> <laughs> At least you are like, I feel like you're standard Norwegian male height. Yeah, I was thinking myself a little bit higher, but okay. Maybe a little bit, but you know, at least yeah. you're not ashamed to the average. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was a bit of uh, what we've been up to, just randomly. So uh, why don't we go and try to speak a little, uh, I don't know, Kings of War related. For once. Oh, shit. I'm sorry, but let's try. <laughs> so let's try the news and events segment, which is kind of a news segment. News and events. I'm thinking this will, uh, just at least temporarily, we'll do this instead of the local news, global news, because, uh, I don't know, it's so little is happening and it feels stupid to just do... Do it like last time we did global news and then we said we don't have anything and then we just wait straight out again. Yeah. Which what I if we did have? Uh, I feel maybe fake news that's kind of used up now. Fake again. news it's, uh, yeah. has a bad ring. What about it. real news? Alternative news. Real news just completely unrelated to Kings War. Um, well, like uh, Kings War news. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah. So news and events. Uh, and the first I just wanted to speak uh, to continue on the subject of Reign of Kings, uh, which we did speak about uh, last time, because since last time we actually have booked uh, train tickets and the hotel for Reign of Kings. Correction, you have. Yes, I booked for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hoping that uh, everyone will meet up. Yeah, uh, or have you been paid to? I've been paid, uh, yeah, so it's all, the, the account has been settled. By everyone? Yeah. So, yeah. Even you know who? Or you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> no, so it's all good. And uh, we are eight people from Oslo. We're going to take the train over to Reign of Kings in September. So that will be nice. And uh, 
Yeah. Unless uh, some sort of second wave hits this fall, then it's going to go forward. Yeah. What do you think? Should we book? Uh, should we? Should we buy custom mouth like? Uh, what do you call them? Masks already? Uh, they should be team. Team masks. Team masks. And you, because you have a team, right? I have a team. I actually ended up on the most powerful, powerful team uh, I ever imagined. Was it with Magnus and Andreas? Yeah. Because we, you, you did mention it on the last yeah. podcast. But uh, do you have a team name, uh, or do you have to hurry to make a name so you can have time to order the masks? They probably have some weeks uh, delivery. I think we just call it Andreas, Magnus, and the Hound. Pretty long team name. Okay, I'll think of something else. <laughs> the Hounds. You could the Hounds, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm not the team. Uh, I'm not the team leader actually. Well, you say that, but I uh, feel like you're just uh, I'm trying, trying to... hard not to act like one. <laughs> when I'm standing there with the dice, I'm going to. <laughs> then you'll go back in your classic. Yeah. Uh, I'm start. taking the middle table. Okay. You go to my left, to my right. You better win this fucking game, Magnus. <laughs> Okay, cool. Yeah, actually, uh, my team is, seems to be formed as well. Me and Bjorn are going to try to continue last year's team, which was me, Bjorn, and Jens. Jens couldn't make it this year, sadly, but uh, Riesberg is uh, joining our team, which means we actually have a good player on, yeah. on my team. So uh, I think yeah. we have a perfect team. We have me to bring it down, like self-nerf. Then we have uh, Riesberg to win. And Bjorn is like a wild card. He can go both yeah, ways, yeah. I feel. But what a sacrifice uh, Thomas um, did. Sacrifice? Not on, yeah, he left uh, team Thomasen with Thomas Bander and uh, yeah, yeah. and Eivind. He left last year's winning team. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I did. I mean, I, I suggested that the, the team was maybe too strong. And he seemed to agree because he immediately joined my team. Maybe as a statement, like just to... Prove a point. I, I don't think that's a strong team, uh, actually. The last year's team. Really? Yeah. I, Thomas. Thomas is a great player. I mean, uh, Bandur. Yeah. Is a great player. Ivan. I don't. I, I don't think he's very good. And uh, <laughs> Thomas can go either way. He's like Burn. Strong words here. Yeah. From is this a challenge? Just of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and since Bandur won't be, uh, doesn't look like he'll be joining us, and so they've lost their only great player. You don't have to face the, the leftovers of the team. Isn't Bander coming to? No, he has the, and the, another tournament booked in. Ah. So he said he might join, but that's only <coughs> if something happens with like your, you know, foreign travel and stuff like that. No, but this is a tournament in a corona-infested uh, country. I think it's the one in in Cologne, like Germany. Ah, well, it's probably fine. Should be, yeah. but we never know. No, we don't. Germany looks to be climbing again. So, but uh, yeah, at least they're trying to make that tournament happen. And uh, yeah, I was going to. I was. I was actually considering to go to to Köln or Cologne, but I, it just the travel route just seemed horrible to me. Uh, it's like there was no direct flight. You have to fly to a neighboring city and then take a train from that city to Cologne. And then it's a bit outside of course. It's something like that. It's like three leg journey instead of, you know, instead of just flying down and taking a bus somewhere. And I just hate having multiple uh, stages. At least on the way home, if you have if you have need to catch a plane, you're like, oh, if we leave now, we're going to catch the train. Uh, if uh, as long as the train runs on time, 
You know, yeah. you know what mm-hmm. I mean. It's like you're you're setting yourself up for something to happen. If you if the train is delayed, then you'll be delayed for your flight. And it's like oh, oh well. Anyway, it's not on the table now anymore because mm-hmm. yeah, so now it's on. Very, then I, mean, I understand why Thomas left. He wouldn't be stuck with Iwin. Who wants to be stuck with Iwin? <laughs> <laughs> don't be this hard on Iwin. <laughs> How long has it since he painted anything? Uh, well, you know, he did paint uh, not too long ago. He painted those two monsters. Well, I think that was in Mars, May. Yeah, maybe April. Maybe April even. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-corona times. Actually, I wanted to be uh, on team with Iwin for the, for the event, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, but you're a fluffy player. Yeah. But uh, that's why I got Rice uh, Reese Berlin instead, or Rice Ball, as it also goes by. We have some cool names. I'm only uh, kidding. I mean, it's just that I'm a little bit. Um, I haven't seen a stable performance uh, from you in a while, so I guess you might still have got it. But uh, yeah, because he does. Uh, we do um, kind of, uh, or he has said like how oh, we will we let Simon win conquest because he wasn't there. Because yeah. last year allegedly I win stopped him personally from mm-hmm. winning. Yeah. Uh, but since he wasn't there, then he's claiming Simon won only because Iwin wasn't present. So, uh, we'll never know if that is true or not, but uh, it's a statement. So, any other things in news and events? Uh, do you have yeah, anything? What qualifies as new? Well, I have a question. Mm-hmm. What happened to the magic summer stuff Mantic was promising us? Oh, I don't, well, I think we know what happened. I mean... Everything got delayed, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I haven't heard it was delayed. Oh, okay. But no, uh, maybe no. I just missed that one. I think it was just uh, pushed back. Uh, I've seen a couple of... I, I can't recall if it was specifically like that, but I've heard a lot of uh, things that how their, their... At least their model release schedule has been sort of pushed. Yeah. So I, if this was a book, like a physical book, then I assume it's, it's the same. It's probably been pushed to some later date. I have no idea. Hmm. But yeah, you know, I just listened to um, to a Countercharge episode where they spoke about all those um, live commentary games that they, they did. Uh, Dash 28 did a lot of live commentary on the... The, um, the Universal uh, Battle Tournaments? Yeah, yeah. I watched uh, Bounder's game. Oh yeah? yeah, really? Was that Bounder against Kyle Preslinski? Uh, no, it was uh, one of the late games. Uh, okay. It lasted over four hours, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, it was crazy. And uh, the commentaries were just uh, sleeping uh, in the end of it. Well, who, who was... Was both players slow or just Thomas? Uh uh, the the whole concept of uh, no clock universal battle is yeah. slow. Yeah, true. But I think uh, if uh, he would not have timed out before the other player. Okay, I'm so they were pretty sure both to blame. Sorry. Yeah, but I think he was a bit slower. But uh, <laughs> I think I, at least when I watched, I didn't watch the whole game. I watched the last hour or one and a half hours. Yeah. He was definitely more slow. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, I've seen the... Uh, it's for me. It's just uh, the clock. I think I think it's such a central, a core part of King's War. I I would probably not. Uh, I wouldn't even like to attend if it wasn't the clock. I think it's the no. only. Okay, but for me, I'm not as since I'm not super good at the game, but I, if um, if I try, then I can be good with the time. So I feel like it's one thing that I can use to my advantage mm. is the clock. Yeah. Especially when playing someone 
very like who was very over not not I was gonna say over analytical analytical uh, at least very analytical like Thomas uh, then sometimes I can feel like maybe he uses more time than me and I'm like yeah maybe he'll get like super low on time and and you know he'll get stressed out later in the game and most often he, he crushes me anyway though but it's, it's a theoretical chance that you know they'll start sweating because they're low on time so oh man just uh, to give those kind of players all the time they they want Oh man, <laughs> I don't think they'll do that again. I've heard people say that next time there's going to be clocks and yeah, because because you won't find people who want to uh, talk four or five hours about mm, that game. Exactly. And some of the commentaries were, at least one of them, were leaving because he was going to be a commentary on another game. <laughs> so yeah, no, I think that's uh, it's not my kind of it's not my kind of game. I mean, they need to they should run on a. Yeah. Normal time. I really like the concept, though. It was a lot of interesting tactical uh, commentary by the commentators. Be, be, because of the commentary, I mean, I, I like that you have the everyone can see what's going on, and they're discuss, discussing uh, dif- different tactical options. Yeah, sure, sure. And then the players might do something completely uh, surprising. Yeah, to yeah. them, and that was fun. It's I awesome. I, yeah, I, I love the concept. I was just thinking more about the yeah. the slowness. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I also like that if they disagreed or something or had a question, they could uh, they wrote into the commentary. Uh, yeah, and, and then, then they got an answer. No, you can't do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, so that uh, was uh, that's kind of it's cool. pretty awesome. And the reason I mentioned this actually was because you asked about the magic summer thing, because on that podcast they also said that one of their most viewed episodes is. The game, which probably was before this uh, Call to Arms tournament, but it was, uh, they played a game with the new magic rules. I think Elliot Morish played, I don't remember who played actually, but there is a game out there with uh, a battle report with those new, uh, or um, I think it was Matt James and Elliot Morish, they played like the first draft or uh, like a beta version of, of those magic rules. Hmm. So I haven't actually seen it. Uh, I've seen that it exists, but I haven't actually watched the whole thing. Did you know that that was out there? No, I didn't. So if you're a little, a little bit curious about uh, some of those rules, then I'm sure you'll see many of them in like being played. Although you have to watch the whole game though to. Yeah, you know, like... I probably just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the reason I was. Um, I don't want to go like sit through this whole thing. Just hopefully I'll catch like one or two of the new things. It's like, eh. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I have a piece of news. Uh, the King's War Forum is actually very soon one year old. Ooh. It was made on August 1st. So, uh, yeah, just under two weeks. And you have a lot of exciting giveaways. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, at least I know that the forum will generate these uh, new badges, Ooh. which are called Anniversary. So uh, you'll get like this anniversary badge if you've been a member for one year. I always loved me, loved me some anniversary. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, I don't really have anything much more to say about it. It's still, it's. I mean, it was 400 plus members uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, it's going its normal pace. I feel yeah. like it's uh, it's a, it seems to be a set group of people who do not use Facebook, uh, who love to be on there instead. Yeah. And it's uh, it's a group of... Uh, 
the group of contributors is growing uh, and you see a lot of the same people like contributing but that group I feel it's, it's slowly growing and I'm pretty happy about it and it's all like a, a community project because so many people are paying one dollar a month to keep it alive yeah. and it's actually just enough that I also am paying a couple of dollars myself I'm not uh, I'm not paying the whole fifty dollars every month myself anymore um, it's actually a long time since I've paid that amount so uh, uh, I feel like it's kind of free for me now it's um, maybe like two dollars every month month for me and I get I get like a payment from Patreon every month with like I don't know, 44 or 45 dollars and I pay yeah. 50 dollars so and you don't have to pay to join that's true yeah yeah, yeah. it's just for the specially yeah. interested I guess what I also found uh, nice about the uh, um, the forum is that um, if I put something on Twitter, I get some likes, mm-hmm. uh, maybe more likes even than on the forum. Yeah. But I get uh, just as many and maybe even more positive and uh, and precise feedback. Oh, like comments. On the, yeah. On the so, forum. Yeah, it's on what's going on. Yeah. So I really like the friendly community there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. So uh, that's the today's forum news. And I think we are going to move on into games and hobby. Yeah. Games and hobby. Okie doke. So, games and hobby. Um, should we do hobby first or oh. games first? That was fast. That was a one second break, everyone. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought he was going to pause it. And <laughs> do you need a refill? We didn't then? even talk about, oh, that went well. No, we just power through. Power There's through. no reason. There's yes. no editing in the Giant Dwarf podcast. After this, we can play some Dead Zone. So. <laughs> Hurry up. I want to play some Dead Zone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, do you want to do hobby or games? There's not many yeah. games, though. So. Well, you stole my uh, one. My, I had two points. Uh, yeah. One of them was the mammoth I'm painting, so I'm very happy to be <laughs> painting again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back on the horse. Well, I, I was Back on the mammoth. Yeah, back on the mammoth. I was going to say I don't actually like uh, painting again, but mm-hmm. I forced myself to paint because I know I'm going to like it in the end. Yeah. At least I hope so. Yeah. So, uh, so. so I'm just trying to generate those... Um, uh, yeah. yeah, but don't you think that's the, that's, the, that's the real danger, I think, of this whole self-isolation thing? Because people forget... How it is to actually play the game? Yeah, they forget like the 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 community, and they yeah may forget to paint and like oh there's no use to paint because because I mean I myself have actually never painted just because there's a tournament, but I know that there are many people who do that. Yeah, they their their main motivation to paint is because there's an event coming up and they need to finish this one regiment of something. And they lose that, and then they sort of just don't bother painting at all. Mm-hmm. They start new, new weird hobbies like a Pokemon hunting or growing, <laughs> growing weird mustaches. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Or have you seen the funny mustaches on the club recently? No. What? Oh yeah, you mean? Oh yeah, those guys. Some funny shit going. On. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, but uh, I'm happy oh, that you. I had a second point. Yeah. <laughs> I received my terrain crate. Yeah, yeah. terrain crate two from Antic Games. The huge, huge load. I paid too much for too much plastic, and it's not Mantic Games' fault. Uh, but who in the world is going to need that much plastic? No one. 
it's just too much uh, <laughs> uh, post-apocalyptic terrain. Yeah. So if you want something to, from me, uh, yes, yeah. you can get it. Because you just wanted the fantasy stuff, or well, uh, I could have been a bit more selective, uh, but I already a long time ago. I thought I was going to really paint a lot of uh, post-apocalyptic terrain. Oh, for Walking uh, Dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. Uh, I have much more than I need. So yeah, you have a pretty sizable collection of. Uh, I feel like you have no problem just placing a very cool Walking Dead table. Yeah, and still, I still have. Uh, I haven't got this new building in the end from uh, which I ordered. It's a church. Yeah. yeah. So now I have the things to get a church. Okay. I have a. a gas station I'm going to paint up mm-hmm. that uh, I have things from the terrain crate to add to that yeah. and I have this house I'm working on yeah. and that must be like a five year project uh, something <laughs> like that Okay, and that means uh, it's a lot of stuff <laughs> okay. in terrain crate I really don't need Oh yeah, but I'm happy I got it yeah it's a good uh, yeah and um, I mean you've given me a couple of pieces already that I can probably use for dead zone yeah. you know, sandbags and crates and stuff like that so yeah. We're going to use some later, actually. Cool. But, uh, yeah, it seems like a pretty oversized package full of terrain. Yeah. I, I, I wish I could have switched it to the League of Infamy. Oh, yeah. To be honest. <laughs> Did you see that? I think they actually announced a new terrain crate. Three? Yeah. yeah I'm... Are you going to jump on that? No, I'm going to jump <laughs> on uh, League of Infamy and something like that. Yeah. Yeah, what happened with that? Is that out? Is that it also? Probably takes a while. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of lost track. Lost track of that. Terrain Crate uh, 2 was delayed because of the Corona stuff. So. Mm-hmm. So. Probably just uh, the shipping of all that uh, plastic. Yeah, and China origin. So. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably all made in China. Probably. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so like I said, I've been having a few days extra. So I've really gotten started on... Uh, on my uh, Skulk Outriders, which you had a quick look at earlier today. Yeah, they look great. Yeah, I really like how they... I mean, I, just, I love those Skulk bits. The, it's so, the heads are so funny. They have this, this hood, and <laughs> one has this weird hat. And they have this really cool dynamic shooting pose. They look like, like Mongolian riders or something. Yeah. And um, it was super easy to use... Because, you know, I've had... Uh, you, I mean, you need boar riders, I mean, gore riders, and skulls to make this. But I had this huge orc mega army that I got years ago from uh, from Kim Boysen, mm-hmm. our favorite local Dane. Uh, and in Our favorite Dane, actually. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and in there were uh, still more uh, gore riders. I, I was sure I'd used them all up, but I hadn't. So I was like, yeah, you had the gore riders, had the bodies, so we just need the, you know, glue the parts on, and it was no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, super easy to just kit patch the gore riders with the skulks, and then I have skulk outriders. So now you have two troops of uh, regular skulks, and you'll have two cavalry skulks. Uh, yeah, and... yep. Um, and also, uh, uh, I realized that there are skulk heroes, which I almost didn't know, actually. I, I must have just... I must have looked at that unit and then just gone straight past it when I looked at the org list for 3rd edition because mm-hmm. now I was like, they have a Skulk hero? Wow! <laughs> and he can give them steady aim in an aura? Wow! So I had to make 
both a mounted and an uh, infantry version of the Skull Kero, yeah. just for fun, so, and I had parts for both, so, yeah, so I've been, uh, I, I painted up half already, and the, the second half is well underway, so, yeah, they're gonna suddenly be finished, I think, mm. the Skulks. So, uh, and I also painted some uh, Dead Zone Marines, which we are gonna play with later, uh, let's see if they can perform on the table. For uh, yeah, painted up five. Got a box of five. Uh, I think they're called rangers or something on the box. Marines. Or, yeah, they're marines or rangers mm -hmm. on the box. Uh, yeah. They're called GCPS rangers, I think. But the the you use the same models in Mason Labs. Yeah. So uh, and those took me like one day to paint. So yeah, no, these uh, couple of days have been really productive. So uh, it's been great for me, hobby wise. So yeah, I've been painting too. And it had been so long since I painted that my my like my um, paint water glass uh, had this thick crust of old paint that so that the paint water had just sort of you know evaporated and shrunk mm. and then it, so for the first time not only did I see the bottom but the bottom was all dried out so I actually had to like uh, I don't know I, I had to like crush this uh, large like lump of old crusty paint <laughs> I didn't want to just fill it up again I wanted to get rid of it so I was sitting there with a with like a with a, like, with a knife and just sort of hacking like ding 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 ding, ding. took me a long time to get that's like several years worth of paint that's been just dried <laughs> up filled up with water and then dried up again and uh, yeah so I have a much cleaner paint cup now because it's new brand new cool <laughs> yeah, it's new. Yeah, it looks like new. new. Yeah, it still looks old and shitty, but it's. Okay. Uh, I know it's new, and it, it yeah. doesn't have that weird two centimeters of old paint in the bottom anymore. Yeah. So it's cleaner. <laughs> so that's been my painting. Um, let's see. And oh, games. I mean, I haven't really played any any games recently, but. Um, I mean, we did uh, we did a, a game at this uh, cabin trip we did recently. Uh, two games actually. We tried the, the Warlords of Erwan game, um, and that was a fun cabin trip, by the way. Yeah, should have been short. in local news. So yeah, it was a bit short then. Yeah, it was yeah. just Saturday to Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I, I had to. It was, yeah, I kind of miss. I missed the whole full length uh, cabin trip, but it was a fun substitute. And uh, it was nice to be on the trip again. So you, me, and Jens and Kristian was a good quad of uh, guys. Yeah. And I got my my wish. You all, uh, you humored me, and I you could have you, you could have re rejected my request to try Warlords of Air One, but you all said like, okay, yeah, let's give this crazy guy what he what he wants. Yeah. Apparently, I'm, I'm trying lately to get into games with a more open mind. That's why I'm playing. I played Magic earlier, and yeah, yeah. Now trying this uh, Warlords of Nowhere. Or... Yeah, and uh, so this game is uh, kind of. I mean, I think ironically, it probably feels a lot like you're playing Age of Sigmar with the skirmish movement and the, the units moving. Yeah, I think. Um, but what did you? I know you weren't a super fan of the game. But we had two games, and uh, we played dwarves and knights, and uh, around let's see, twelve hundred and fifty points. And for those who don't know, this game is made by Rick Priestley, the original creator of Warhammer, 
and uh, yeah so uh, we've talked a bit a lot between ourselves though but uh, just for the sake of the podcast and uh, one thing that you liked and one thing that you didn't like with the warlords of everyone so now you want my opinion <laughs> uh, <laughs> well um what should i start with um it was, I guess, uh, the good thing about it is that I liked uh, to be able to remove models. Yeah. It's uh, a game mechanic, or not even not like a mechanic, but a visual perspective of a game I'm not used to yeah. in the same way. So I guess that's the most positive thing I have to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I look for a game, I hope, I sincerely hope there is some something about it that's elegant or slick or I haven't thought of or something yeah something wow mm-hmm. that was cool but I personally didn't see that in this game it okay. was uh, I haven't played Age of Sigmar but I I think it was a little bit what I expected uh, Age of Sigmar to be okay uh, just uh, fiddly with all those molds moving around. Oh yeah, and uh, that's probably true. And I couldn't quite get the logic out of the rules. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit fiddly rules, perhaps. Maybe. Oh, well, it's a, it's a. I wasn't sitting there with the rules. You had all the rules on your cell phone on your hand. So that's that's. I shouldn't say too much uh, about that because <laughs> you did a superb job in trying to understand the rules. But uh, yeah, we both came out pretty fresh, though. So I yeah. think we all. But I felt like it was nothing in there for me. It was nothing. The movement phase was not interesting. The game phase was not interesting. I think the pinning was a neat idea mm-hmm. that you can uh, uh, you can damage unit by shooting. By actually, it's like Kings of War. Uh, You're actually yeah. damaging the unit's uh, nerve. Morale, yeah, morale yeah. or nerve, yeah. Uh, by pinning, without uh, damaging the uh, fighting ability. Yeah, just so, by hitting it. Yeah, so it's exactly like Kings of War in that area. Except yeah. that you also remove models if you kill it. Yeah. So it's like a double-edged, uh, not a double-edged sword, but a double, double punishment. Double punishment to mm-hmm. get pinned. Yeah, I did. Well, I can, um, I can try to follow the same... I liked that it was like units uh, moving. It's it's it wasn't one and one model like let's say Vanguard. It was like five guys moving together or ten guys moving together. I think that was kind of fun and um, uh, uh, I guess what I didn't like is the it didn't seem super balanced um, because the weapon that was free was sometimes better than weapons you could pay to upgrade to. Yeah. Like we reacted very much when we when we when we discovered how OP a normal sword was. Yeah, because it both made it easier to hit. And to wound. And to wound. Yeah. But a huge axe didn't it was harder to hit with but damaged more much easier. Which I mean it you, you could argue that it makes sense. But the, a sword is just a sword. It, it could be just plus one to hit, sure. But why was it plus one to wound? You yeah. know, it, it's like you t- you took something that felt like should be like a halberd, which had also had both, but it, it was more expensive. It costs. It was like, this unit can have sword for free. And you're like, oh, why not? Why would you ever not take that? 
mm. when he was free. And I've seen many units that are like that. They can get something for free, which is like obviously the best choice. And you just would take it every time. So that's my, that's probably one thing I didn't like. It felt like, and we stumbled onto those things. And uh, by chance, one of the lists were super good because by accident I'd taken swords on everything, which proved to be super good against the dwarves who had maybe halberds or stuff like that. And the guys with swords just sort of killed the dwarves in combat. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I would like to say more things I'd like, but uh, we're not going to spend too much time with it. But it was fun to try a game, um, and it was fun to roll d10s. I really liked that part. Like the, so if you had like a, a 6 to hit, then it's like a 60% chance. It's much easier to calculate your percentage and stuff like that. Uh, and I, I think we missed a couple of things, because we didn't use wizards. So we didn't get to try the miscast and dispel mechanics. And we didn't use buildings, which I think would have been really fun to try like combating buildings. Mm. So... Uh, we were very new, and the rules are a bit hard to understand if you haven't have not never played Bold Action or Gates of Antares. I feel like Christian stumbled upon the thing when he, when I told him that if you have a cavalry unit, if you give them a run order, then they can do some, do something called a retained run order, so that the next turn you can do something immediately before anything else gets to react. And he was the first to say, oh really, okay, so then I can just go towards this unit that I won't reach this turn, but I know for sure that I will be able to charge them before you get to react the next turn. Mm. It's kind of a double move. Mm. And when you and then it was like, oh so that's how how you use cavalry. It's like it felt like it was a bit late for us to really understand how cavalry works. Because we just played it like a normal mm. unit. We didn't get that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and that was a nice uh, thing. It made them really good. Yeah, but uh, it was a cool concept with cavalry. Yeah, because it solved that problem with let's say you have a weak cavalry unit in let's say King's War. It's like if you go too far with them, they have low defense and low nerve, right? Mm. So then it's your turn, and you can just shoot them off because they have nothing that protects them. Mm. But here they could actually move first. They could they didn't have to charge. They could just run back again mm. or sideways. Or do the fact that the fast cavalry could act first was really interesting because it was like, oh yeah, you saw that whole shaft problem because the shaft is quicker than everything else. Could so you counter it with um, uh, ambush? Uh, yeah, you could because you could also, and that's also a thing we didn't really use. Let's say if a unit was on ambush, yeah, you can always counter. So let's say they so you can if, if you move the gallery up, you can have shooting units, for instance, ready to ambush. Yeah, and then they could do an initiative check when that unit was going to charge in the next turn, and they mm. could probably shoot before. And those were both things. We, we didn't do the ambush, we didn't do the retained run. Well, he, he, my brother started to get the hang of it, but it was a bit too late. So I felt like the rules, they have a, a depth. I, I can understand how people, uh, like, I guess what I'm saying is I can understand why people like, uh, for instance, bolt action, because it seems fun, these mechanics, and I assume mo most of them are in uh, bolt action. Or Antares. Um, so it's like, ah, oh, it's this whole new mechanics that I've never tried before. That was, that was fun. So, but um, the funnest part was almost that I could dig out my old, uh, I found my old Robin Hood model that I could use. That was fun. Uh, played Little John and uh, Friar Tuck and the Robin Hood as Archer. Yeah. Oh, but I, I don't want to remind you about the Archers because no. they were insanely good. 
They had swords too. They had swords. <laughs> so when your dwarf warriors charged them and they, they all fought at the same time, then they really kicked some dwarf ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty weird. Okay, so yeah, enough about that. It was a fun game and uh, I didn't hate it. And I, I, I might want to try it again sometime actually. But we'll see. So far it doesn't seem to be too many people interested in it. Um, so I think that rounds up our games and hobby. Uh, no more games that you've been squeezing in? Uh, only computer games, but that's maybe for another segment. Okay. Or, or... Well, you you said that you, you mentioned that you're going to save it for a later segment, I think. So. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah, you mean the other entertainment? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. I'm just. You, did, you you said you had some sort of epic moment computer related, so I'm a bit excited about what yeah, that is. Yeah, but you put uh, other entertainment before um, before the epic moment, so there will be a little bit spoiler there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I will I will I will try to not spoil. It. Okay. Let's uh, let's see. I'll, I'll make a cliffhanger in the uh, <laughs> first segment. <laughs> Exciting. Okay, let's move on to our uh, latest segment, which is room for improvement. Room for improvement. So, we are in the room. And which room is that? It's the room for improvement. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to think about something smart to say. <laughs> yeah, that was going nowhere. So, uh, this I feel like this is your segment, uh, V-Dog. Well, it's not. No, but it's... Uh, uh, this is your moment to shine, and oh. uh, uh, also it is uh, a chance for us to return to a classic giant dwarf thing, which is complaining about rules, yeah. which I always enjoy. Ranting? Yeah, you can. If you want to rant, this is the this is the room to yeah. rant. <laughs> yeah. So, do you have a topic for the room for improvement this time? Is it more vanguard or? Another topic, perhaps? Oh, oof, don't get started on Vanguard. But uh, uh, we think, I was thinking today we would uh, do the disengage withdraw oh, section. No. <laughs> and uh, the reason I want, I want to talk about that is mm. that uh, basically I don't get it. Mm. I'm, I have played Kings of War since the beginning of second edition. Yeah. And uh, I have sort of read the rule book sort of. for yeah. for third edition. Yeah, I was hoping that it would be at least like in second edition mm-hmm. that you just read the, a little bit in the rule book, yeah. and then you play the games and you learned along the way, and it went pretty uh, straightforward. Yeah, or easy like, game like Iwin who claimed it probably to have never read the rule book once yeah. in second edition. Yes, and he still was like a tournament winner. But if I get this disengage withdraw thing correctly, it's actually not written very well in the rulebook. At least I can't comprehend it. Mm, so yeah. and they made some FAQ to it maybe or some clarifications, and then suddenly it's quite a high, um, high difficult uh, rating yeah, <laughs> uh, to get into it. And I feel yeah. like I have to do some research to actually understand the rules. Yeah, and that's a problem when I, I've been playing this for so long, mm-hmm. and then I have to do research, and yeah. that's not a, 
I'm sure I'm motivated to do that research, but I'm not sure a new player would be not motivated to do that research. That is true. Uh, I guess it's a common question from new players. I think like, how does this work? Sort of, and they almost need someone to show them like this. This is how it works yeah. because it's almost impossible to to write just with words. And uh, and it might be even worse actually because we're trying to sell them a slick, elegant, simple game. Yeah. And they show up for a tournament. And then you got it, got oh, you moments then, yeah. when they meet a very good player, yeah. and you lose uh, in something that doesn't seem fair at all because there mm. are some funny, funny yeah. moment uh, going on. Yeah, and I mean, uh, we've had that's actually true. Um, the first time I, uh, like as a tournament organizer, the first time I had to start actually like during r- uh, rules questions was i think probably with the, the withdrawal rule and the like um disengage before then it was mostly like can i see this unit you know like do i have line of sight yeah. but the first time and this was probably on the i think one of the top tables at conquest then things was things would start appearing and they they were problems like that like um one player would ask like is it true that the this, this giant can, which is which which has been flank charge, that he can bounce out one inch, and then declare a new charge, and they were just they just were in like disbelief. Now had to tell them like yeah, yeah he could because it's yeah. in the withdrawal rule and you know we for so you can actually be able to see something he didn't see before the combat even though he didn't move. Yeah, because yeah. I think that was part of it that the giant was uh, I think he was blocked. There was no way he could do his pivot or something like that. But since he could bounce out one inch and then declare, then suddenly he could make this charge that was previously impossible. Yeah. Uh, so this, his opponent just felt almost tricked, uh, like, oh, this giant's tricking me, or I don't know, it's just, for him it was just totally wrong, like, compared to second ed, at least. And um, it does feel a bit weird that, um, I saw, you, you did use the word gotcha, which has always been this uh, pride of King's War, I feel like, that there, there has been almost zero like gotcha moments in the game but uh, this is one of them i think you can actually you can get people out you can catch people out with uh, the disengage and withdraw mechanics which yeah it's it's kind of a problem really that you can you can really surprise i mean there's a the the difference between a good player who has a a good grasp of those rules Mm. and the new player is is very high like you can just do stuff that they will never see coming because you might play a game without this coming up but i know that if i play like for instance thomas bandir yeah and i play against him and uh something like this happen mm-hmm. i know that if i play him and units get close and aim angles a little bit strange yeah i know that shit will happen to me <laughs> <laughs> That's so far I come to comprehend the actual yeah. withdraw, mm-hmm. uh, disengage uh, things. Yeah, I don't know which uh, word to use, how they <laughs> really works. I know that I can withdraw and charge again, but I know shit will happen to me if I face him. Yeah, at yeah. least if you if you leave one unit slightly further out, then you can just know something's going, something bad's going to happen. Uh, yeah, it, it is a bit. Uh, I mean, it's not very elegant, right? I mean. I'm sure no one can claim that it's elegant. Uh, 
Uh, in second edition, it was kind of easy that you just bounce out, and but what ruined it was that the part that came next, which was if you can't bounce out, then your opponent will bounce out, and but uh, now the, yeah, but now the opponents are in a way bouncing out anyway. If you know what I mean, yeah, because it, now the people, the guy who is standing still, mm-hmm. are still bouncing. If yeah, but they only can. if they yeah they only if they want to yeah there was because the, the problem was with uh, catching objectives that you could actually you could charge in second edition you, you could charge something and then run an individual back in behind and then you could force someone to bounce and maybe that bounce took them right outside of a pillage token mm. or some sort of objective mm. and you can actually win games by that and I um, I'm sure they actually tried to just state somewhere that that's not allowed, you shouldn't be allowed, but they never actually put it into print, uh, the rules committee. They didn't actually make a hard rule. Mm. So what happened was that eventually players started using it to sort of charge, fly my um, wings of the honey maze hero behind, and then, aha, uh-huh, you just bounced out of any I won the game. Yeah. And that's, I think, was what they tried to solve with this new uh, rule that you no longer bounce, you just stay engaged. Um, because then, let's say you are just on like the range of a token, then at least your enemy can't force you to bounce out. But you can choose to to do like a backup. You can back out or do something else. But then um, you will always be in control of exactly where you are. Uh, I think that was the original plan. Yeah, but I, I think you said it. they're trying to fix the problem. Yeah, I think that's maybe the and I, there are nothing bad to say about. Uh, the rules committee, but uh, uh, that's maybe the difference of putting a rules committee to make the rules. Yeah. Uh, compared to making a game designer uh, look at the yeah. rules, so uh, maybe start over again or do something else. Uh, but yeah, because there there is some sort of patchwork feeling here that yeah. I feel like um, there there might have been. A, a certain setup of a rules committee that could have pulled this off perfectly, but what I suspect is that there were too many uh, disagreements, perhaps in the committee. I'm just yeah. guessing, really. So yes. you know, excuse me if I'm completely off the mark here, but this I feel like this is a problem when you design things by committee. Yeah. Let's say, have you ever been in a meeting and it's like, we have to do this thing, you plan yeah. a school, uh, I don't know, uh, party or something. And maybe you say, okay, I want to do this. And then someone else says, no, we have to do this completely other thing. Yeah. And then you probably compromise. Yeah, do something. And, and either you both get to do both your things yeah. or you meet in the middle. That's how I suspect happened with this these rules. because That's probably what happened with uh, Hold Your Ground Devastated Rule too. But that's another, probably, uh, another yeah. podcast maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> because it's like, okay, so units will no longer bounce out. Okay, good. That's one thing, like check, and then, but then some, you know, some guy will say, well, you know, some units can still do corkscrew charges, like if they're perfectly squared, like a like a giant, they can still do that, like mm. pivot, like, see over, and then okay, so then you know the obvious idea is either to remove that option for all units, but they didn't. They went the other way. They went to let's then even the playing field and kind of allow that for almost all units. So then by introducing a one inch withdraw, 
then you kind of you're you're back to second edition kind of. Mm. There's now a, a magical one inch between you and your opponent, and then as we know, most uh, regiments can then corkscrew charge. Mm. You know they can they have space yes. to pivot or hoard uh, large infantry hordes and uh, chariots, all that stuff. Um, so it's almost like they. Since some unit, some let's say um, the mo- some of the most powerful units like a Lord on the Dragon, he's a square base. He can still corkscrew charge even if he's been grounded. So it feels like they okay. Then you know let's bring it back to second ed and give give them that one inch. And but that's like that's I guess if that was a good idea or not. That's that's the question you know. And uh, was that the best way to mm. solve that really sort of? So complaining is one thing, but do we have a better solution? I mean, I thought no, you'd never uh, ask. Yeah, I had two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Because we no, I, I, are I, we free to? I haven't thought a lot about this, mm-hmm. but uh, so one solution could be to do as in uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I think. Okay. You could, you could make disengage an action. Yeah. Then that's your action. Yeah. Could be useful in terrain, so like that. You can't charge if you disengage, you know. Yeah. But you can yeah. disengage and back up. Yeah. Okay. That could have been, sort of it. Yeah. And you can if you should, uh, then you can also make. Yeah, you can disengage. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can not take disengage as an action and charge instead, or you can still withdraw and charge, yeah. not disengage. But then you take attack of opportunity. But now you're using the word disengage. That's the word disengage in D and D, right? I'm probably using it in the completely wrong way, uh, uh, like the Kings of War is using. That's it. what I mean. Uh, yeah. The opposite way, but you're probably because it's not logical. Uh, I think. Yeah, but, but when you say disengage now, you you mean D and D disengage, right? Um. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just to clarify. <laughs> yeah. So, but so what should happen then if they if they withdraw and then do a charge? Are you thinking if you withdraw and do a charge? Mm-hmm. I think ethic of opportunity. Yeah. If you just want to withdraw, yeah. then I think that's okay. You can probably get that with, uh, 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 like, imagine them keeping the attacker at bay yeah. and backing up, like retreating. So, but, um, but I mean, the obvious question is, well, how would that work with, you know, the clock and um, my turn and you turn? Would you break the, would I roll yeah, the attacks? Yeah. or Because then you are... On the way out from that very strict... Yeah, you can, uh, you, but you, I guess you can rule some damage on yourself. Yeah. Uh, I guess. But this is... I only... Uh, this is not something I thought a long time ago. I actually only thought about 30 seconds about <laughs> so, <laughs> so, ideally... I, my prob- uh, the thing is that... In, like it is, uh, the problem is that, as it is now, it's mm. quite complicated. It's hard for new gamers. Yeah. It's very easy, especially in uh, lo- uh, you know in small groups of players where some are very good and some are really bad. Yeah, you will get these gotcha moments uh, because they will most certainly meet each other in a tournament or in yeah. a sure. setting, and that's uh, that's a bit shame. I think I think it should be easier, more slicker. Mm-hmm. Some. I would probably suggest something like uh, that. You are that you need to pass like a, like a headstrong check almost. Like if you withdraw. Um, if Could you be. want to declare a charge, then you have to roll like a four plus. So, yeah, and yeah, and or you get stuck uh, if you don't. Yeah, if you fail, then you can can't do anything. Huh. So uh, that's it's much better on my. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so 
Yeah, but then you have to make a new rule for that. You know, have to call it something like you know, headstrong. Yeah, but then you have <laughs> it's like headstrong without having the headstrong rule. You know, because yeah. headstrong is actually a good thing. Yeah, yeah. But this is kind of a drawback, so it would have to be like uh, you know, battle panic or something weird like that, or uh, distracted discipline. So, this, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but that could work, and uh, but you know, it's a new, completely new thing, so it's like hard to. To, uh, to get new rules into yeah. it. And one yeah. of the worst thing about it is that it's poorly written in the main rulebook. Oh yeah, because the, yeah, the, the, mm. the, the part about... Yeah, it's actually very... It's well, very, I, didn't, I didn't get it. It's hidden. Time. One yeah. of the rules is hidden inside another. So we, you have to... It's like, oh, what's this? Oh, something about uh, withdraw or something. And it's actually super important, but it's kind of in yeah. another paragraph. Yeah, and my impression was that I started reading, I think it was on withdraw, mm-hmm. and I started reading about it, and I got one impression that turned out to be completely wrong. Mm. So, but... Uh, oh. No, it's it's a bit... Uh, it's not very elegant, and uh, it's a bit like... If third edition was uh, less good than it actually is, then it's it would probably have annoyed me a lot, like, because it still annoys me, but... I don't know, it's, uh, I accept it, I think, because there are other things that I really like, so I think the balance is okay still, it's I still like, I'm positive, um, but if you if you were just to focus on that one rule, then yeah, I think it's quite clumsy. And, That's uh, why we call this uh, segment Room for Improvement, and not What Are You Doing, You Crazy Bastards? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> true. No, I, I love third edition, it's better than second edition, but uh, I think it, I'm a bit concerned about... Uh, the impression it gives to new players yeah. that to endure and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, I actually feel like third edition is not uh, it's not a proper edition. It f- almost feels like this is our chance to finally uh, get all those Clash of King book patches, write them into the game, yeah. uh, throw in uh, some more th- stuff, and uh, oh, and uh, do you have some more ideas, rules committee? Yeah. And then that's third edition, like bing. Done and if you, I think the next time they want to do a big change, I think it's really important that they go uh, kind of not from scratch, but they need to uh, get some new people. I think to look at it. Yeah, I get a slight impression that someone was probably looking at the calendar and ocean. Oh my God, Kings of War is ten year. We have to do something really <laughs> fast. <laughs> but I've, I've heard some, yeah. I don't know, some rumors about that. That's the impression that. I got from the yeah. tone. <laughs> so we might not be, I mean, okay, maybe it's easy to blame the rules committee for anything, but they might have been pressured, like, you know, too much. Like, uh, maybe even they said, like, why don't you get a, you know, get a rules writer in here? <laughs> no, it's fine, you can do this, you need it in two weeks. Get it out. <laughs> it could be, for all we know. Do you really want to give feedback to Alessio again? Yeah. <laughs> Do you sure you want Alessio to write the rules for terrain and obstacles again? <laughs> Which they apparently had to throw out last time. I think uh, Nick, and, Nick and Dan uh, were yeah. uh, fortunately in the rules committee and they said, oh no, <laughs> we, we, we don't want the, the old defended obstacle rule. We'll make something much slicker. Which it is now. If if uh, uh, Alessio has the same uh, view on terrain as uh, Rick Priestley in that uh, other game we uh, <laughs> talked about, that. I'm sure they had. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, so um, thumbs down for the withdraw and disengage uh, confusion. Uh, <laughs> not well, great. I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm a concerned Kings War player. 
Yeah, I agree. It's like it would be hard for if you get a new player in and they're like, "Oh, I like this game, but can you explain this part to me?" And you'd be like, "Uh, shit, I don't know if I can." <laughs> sort of. What do you want to know? Shit's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I maybe I would have preferred it to be. It's it's it's. We're, I guess we're going off into like your wish wishful thinking, but let's say if you get flank charged and like it is now, you can just charge straight ahead and continue like ignore that unit that too i think should have been like because that's that's not a withdrawal though that's just mm. a disengage yeah. you just you yeah. charge and thereby disengage mm. that too should have been like a four plus or something yeah like. it's a little bit strange it's yeah like, you should be stuck in and if yeah. that means the if that means the game is going to um become uh, more, get more locked down you should really i was thinking about that yesterday actually and not yeah. for 30 seconds ago you should just Lower the prices on units. Yeah, and let more people, units. Let's try to get people to paint more units, oh, so yeah. they will have more options during a game. Because yeah, if yeah. the if uh, the rules are like, if if you will get more easily yeah, uh, yeah. locked down, or it would be an incentive to not have just two super expensive units, have more slightly worse units, so you yeah. have more freedom. That would be something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit because um, then you, if you just had that rule that. You get either that you get automatically locked in, which maybe is a bit too strict. I don't know, but at least there's a chance you can that you are not allowed to keep running. Then I don't feel it would be that big of a problem with the whole disengage, bounce sideways, new charge. You would kind of at least fifty percent eliminate those situations. Uh, I don't think I would mind if you get got stuck in. Actually, it would be less shenanigans than how it is now. Yeah, I was thinking about it. It was yeah. I think it was maybe. Jens mentioned it or Christian. Okay, yeah. same yeah. same thought. Yeah, but they would prefer because it would be no, more easier. Yeah, what for if you just get stuck in? Yeah, yeah. What if much easier for yeah. new players at yeah. least? Yeah, and maybe you could have some. I mean, individuals then could have a rule that that gives them an exception. They could have a. You really? <laughs> <laughs> Are you well, sure? What happened to you? <laughs> well, individuals, they're they're not overpowered. <laughs> okay, you're right. Fuck individuals. Still, <laughs> still too too good. <laughs> you went from, you went from second edition individuals should auto die when they touch a unit to uh, they should be able to run away. Stop the combat. Well, I don't know. I'll I'll have to think about that. No, but I no, I think you made some headway here. Yeah, good one. Yeah. Let's marinate on this for. We save the double one and uh, for later. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you got into a long Facebook thread about that. Uh, oh, I don't need to get into it because it's, it's sorry, a circular I was, argument. I was triggered again. Trigger, trigger, double one triggered. <clears throat> so what do you mean you don't plan for double ones, Vito? <laughs> <laughs> you always have to plan for it. Always have to for Oh yeah, sure. I just use this bonus unit that I always keep over yeah. here, which I never use for anything yeah. real. And if your plan don't survive double one, then it's not a plan. <laughs> what kind of cliche is that? that I, I can I can raise that with another cliche. Yeah. Uh, if you need a double one to win the game, you didn't really win the game. Oh, yeah. That was a better one. That's a good one too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you. What if the game is automatically a draw if anyone rolls a double one? Many happy players. <laughs> <laughs> let's oh, save that. I think you went too far now. Yeah, okay. Let's, let's save that for later. Stay on so, topic. We are leaving the room. The room for improvement. 
Closing the door. <laughs> other entertainment. I finally saw this movie the other day, which I just thought I had watched. I, I thought I'd seen it because it's very like, it's a classic movie kind of. Jurassic Park. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, it's this one called uh, Scott, Scott Pilgrim Against the World. Never Have you seen it. that? No. It's. I think it just came out a little bit too late. So I was like, I don't know. It, it, it was right up my alley, but it was right up my alley very many years ago. So oh, right. I, I was kind of. T- uh, I didn't really catch it when it came out. But if that movie had come out like I don't know, five years earlier, it would probably have been like one of my favorite movies or something. Oh. It's all about like computer games and. Uh, like video game fighting and the rock band. It feels like a, some sort of a Jack Black movie with just with different characters. Oh. It was pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, and I was like, I was sure I'd seen it. And I was like, oh, I'll see it again then. Because I don't remember it. And I was like, I've never seen this movie before. What have I been doing? Uh. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a link later. It was really funny. It's a bit childish, but uh, oh, I really enjoyed it. Would you say it's more or less childish than uh, Hangover? Uh, I would probably compare it more to... Well, if I have to answer, it's... <laughs> uh, I don't know, it's... I don't like how, how long this is taking. I mean, it's much more... Hangover is kind of... They are adult... They are like three male, like adult males, right? Yeah. But this is more like... Uh, High school, early college, so it's so they have an excuse. Yeah, it's yeah. but the, I feel like the Hangover is kind of more childish, but yeah. the, this movie is still a lot more uh, teen themed. I mean, mm. more teen references. So in that way, it's childish. Okay. But it's not as the humor seems less stupid than the Hangover. Okay, okay, that's the answer I was looking for. <laughs> okay, um, but uh, and yeah, and I also want to mention. Uh, that I um, finished the Black Company number two audiobook. Yeah. Uh, so last time we spoke, I had finished the first one, and now I finished the second one. And I think it actually was a lot better than the first one. I think I liked it uh, much more. Was it three books? Hmm? How many oh, books yeah, there's for? like, I think there are three of the same cast or of characters, and then it changes somehow. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But um, I think because the reasons that I said that was a bit. I hesitated with the first one. You remember, I said how it was a bit like um, it's, it's, the, the narrator reads very like matter of factly and kind of choppy almost, and with no real. You don't feel like you get to uh, live the the scenes. You kind of just get told the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of changed actually in the number two. Suddenly, mm-hmm. it was more storytelling. You were more into it. Much better, like. Uh, world building and yeah I just felt like a much more complete book just uh, mm. yeah much better it was, it was great cool I really like it so uh, skip the first book and go straight to the number two maybe if you if you want to check those out yeah I'll put it on my list <laughs> okay so how about you anything of the other entertainment well, uh, I started listening to an audiobook, actually. You did? Because uh, I... Uh, but it was in Norwegian. Okay. Because I did something wrong. Yeah, well, it was the Corona special... Uh, not It's not audible, right? Is it the storyteller or something? Uh, Fabel. Okay. Uh, but uh, then I started... But I only have, like... Uh, I have, uh, like, five minutes every day when I clean up after dinner. 
where I oh, can yeah. listen to it. So it's mm-hmm. a sort of these piece, days, piecemeal, so. and also in Norwegian, it's not very interesting. I would, mm. and I, I was, I was thinking, oh, even though they are a Norwegian uh, uh, author, now even though they speak in Norwegian, yeah, they might have interesting books. Mm-hmm. Turns out they don't. They all don't have documentary or uh, some uh, oh. nothing about politics or something. Just like. novels. Just novels and stuff. And I'm just, oh yeah. yeah. Just a Norwegian uh, ex-cop with a journalist friend solving crime problems, yeah, right? Yeah, lots of crime, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the standard yeah. lineup. <laughs> so, okay. But, uh, but um, I don't know if how interesting it is, but um, for reasons you will get to know later yeah. in Epic Moments, mm-hmm. uh, I can play computer games again. Way! Uh, and... Uh, and uh, and I downloaded uh, a computer game called Dawn of Man. Okay. Where you take uh, you start with a small family living in a stone age. Oh, really? And you take them trying to make them survive together with the growing community, all the way to the Iron Age. Oh, really? And uh, it's not very complex, and there are quite simple game really, so mm-hmm. like in game mechanics, but it's sort of like. Oh, you need to hunt because you need the hide and you need the meat. Yeah. And then you buy the with the hide you can use that to different stuff and you need uh, other stuff from trees to process the hide. Yeah. Stuff like that. So it's a gather uh, gather society resources and hunting and society uh, and get resources, make stuff. Yeah. And you have to. It's almost like uh, you know the old settlers. I was just going to ask. Yeah. yeah. It's just like that, only uh, very more beautiful and more natural looking. Okay. With, uh, with uh, animals and the nature mm. and seasons, the, yeah. everything changes. You have to survive winter. That's one mm. of the main goals. Okay. Wow. Uh, so it's a very beautiful game, very simple, and mm-hmm. uh, a little bit unfinished in the end, I think, because what you need to do, you get to, you have to get through all the research, yeah, and you get also raided by enemies, and sometimes you have to actually build some walls and some defense and weapons. Okay. But after you've done that, it sort of ends, uh, or, or it don't end. But you have research all the technology, mm-hmm. and okay, what do I do now? Uh, nothing. You can you can sort oh. of go on and just survive the winter if you want to, <laughs> and you can change the difficult setting, and you can also change. You can also play it uh, with different uh, um, locations. Okay. Uh, by the river, by the sea, or something in the mountains. Yeah. yeah. So you can you can do stuff like that, but uh, having done it once, it's sort of like oh, you've done that already. It feels like they haven't written a proper ending to the game no it's not like but it should be a new edition like because not going to the stone age then going to the iron age it should be really interesting because you then you get surplus society you get maybe political movements stuff like that then you get something really interesting from there but I always like that first thing you know playing Civilization 6 I always Mm -hmm. like that first thing just explore and get the main resource uh, main technologies and this is like this just uh, very detailed also, okay. you have to think about how you organize the village. So it's kind of like Sim City, yeah, and stuff like that. You have to make organize things so that yeah. uh, uh, you collect straw and put it close to the stables, for instance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and this lots, is lots the... of animals, and uh, you domesticate animals, and you hunt them. You can all even hunt uh, mammoths. Mammoths, yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a very it's a very comforting, slow paced game. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. I recommend and, it. Uh, Dawn of Man. Dawn of Man. Oh, cool. And, and it don't, it don't is, take up too much space either, I think. 
that was my next question. It runs on your laptop. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. It's, uh, but is it really good that you have uh, your computer back? Because you are trying to paint that your old mammoth and not just hunt them in the in the in the, in the yeah game. yeah. <laughs> but I'm sort of done with Dawn of Mana at least for the moment. Okay. So, and civilization, I am quite mm, well. Do I really have civilization back? We'll see. We'll I see. guess that's the story for later. <laughs> Okay, that's cool. But it's like I like those. It's good to have some games that are kind of light, and you don't go full, uh, you know, addiction with them. And it's uh, I I finally got out my um, darkest dungeon addiction. Uh, yeah. I would probably would never have if I hadn't gone on holiday because yeah. I had to actually leave the computer for two weeks. Hmm. And now I'm like, oh, I'm actually out of it now, and I don't really want to go back in because I was so addicted to that game. Um, so it's a bit dangerous almost. You know, another thing about um, Dawn of Man that's strange is that you get raided, but you can't raid others. Oh, really? Raiders just show up. So you're the good guy. To guys. damage you. Yeah, you're sort of, you're just trying to survive and make the best of it. Yeah, cool. And it feels very fulfilling when you manage to get your population growing and not starving. Yeah. Uh, also, um, it feels like a catastrophe when uh, raiders come in and kill everyone in your city but, uh, or your village. <laughs> It sounds pretty horrible, but uh, is it? But is it like a bloody raid, or more like they stole resources and that's it, sort of? No, they they go in and destroy. Unless they get killed, they they, they kill everything. Okay, so it's so the nice. first game I played, I did. It's actually I, kind of a shock moment, then, sort of. Yeah, first game I played, I tried to do, I uh, tried to make my uh, villagers do too much okay. in too little time, and then they started working more slowly. Yeah, and then they get, then they didn't get the harvest done, and then they starved over the winter. Ooh. And then the well, the population was drastically reduced yeah. because the and then they had even more to do because I didn't cancel the assignment I given them. So when the spring came, they were totally the ideal number to go for when it comes to work capacity. Mm-hmm. It's like from fifteen to seventy percent. It's like a percentage number. Okay, that's the ideal. When it goes to one hundred and fifty percent of them uh, working capacity, mm-hmm. they are starting to complain or. Everything oh, yeah, gets sure. slower. Mm-hmm. Well, I realized I had a problem when they were working three and a half thousand percent uh, <laughs> too much. <laughs> so that was after the winter, and then the raiders came and yeah. Oh my god! Just easy killed everything. <laughs> then oh man, okay. Yeah, well, maybe I'll check that game out. Um, I uh, my last point for other entertainment is that um. I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, uh, but I, I rewatched the the Matrix. Have I said that to you? No, I don't think so. Uh, just for like fun of it, I was just browsing Netflix and like the Matrix. Now that's a long time since I've seen mm. that sort of, and uh, you know, just rewatched the first Matrix movie, and yeah, it's it's good. It's, it's a cool film. And Matrix two and three, uh, is actually quite complicated uh, philosophically speaking. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I. Be- yeah, at least I also when I was fourteen watching it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for segueing into that because uh, the thing is, I watched Matrix and then uh, one like next day at work or something, a couple of days later, I just sort of mentioned that to a guy like, yeah, I watched the Matrix movie. Like he's like, oh shit, that's a long time ago. I was like, yeah, it's it pretty cool. And he was like, did you watch two and three? And I was like, no, there's shit. He's only the first one is a good. What? <laughs> and he was like, no, man. I mean, made it's like one movie. You have to watch them like yeah, one movie. Definitely. 
Really? Because yeah. I always I thought... Th- I think the number two is the best. I've always thought that it was obviously that they made The Matrix first as a standalone movie, and then because of the success, they made the number two and three. I've always been convinced that's how it was. Because they came out later, and everything had changed. It's so different in in like the visual style. Uh, yeah. Gone is that sort of green filter on everything, that sort of mysterious uh, hue. Suddenly it's like... I don't know. All, all everything's colors are different. The all the settings. It's just so. I feel like it's completely different movies. And uh, I did actually rewatch them just to prove this guy wrong. Uh, and I don't know. It's uh, they were all right. I I did actually watch them, but I did for for instance, I didn't watch them in one sitting. I just mm. sort of I watched like half the second one, and then oh okay, mm. maybe a couple of days later I watched the whole thing, and then. Uh, I guess I could say I enjoyed them because I mean it's cool to rewatch the whole Matrix trilogy, um, but I don't know it just feels like it's too too much too much weird shit going on. Yeah, they yeah. just introduce yeah. new characters. Oh, here's this French man suddenly. Oh, that's cool. And all the keymaker uh, and the know. twins and I don't know. It's it felt like just they threw things into there. Like let's have these cool people show up. In the first one, it's, it's like they don't need to have cool people show up because the story in itself is just so cool. Yeah. I don't yeah. know, man. It's, uh, uh, but one thing I wanted to mention is, and it should be allowed to spoil The Matrix, right? We can assume everyone has watched it, right? Well, as a listener, when I was a listener, I would say definitely no, but now that I'm a co-host, I'm saying, yeah, yeah go for it. You need to, yeah. you see. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. <laughs> because... Um, you know, it's kind of, uh, it ends, I mean, Matrix, the Matrix movies have this kind of happy ending, right? Uh, that the machines kind of get called off in the end. Yeah, I guess it's human only... Human race survives, and because uh, Neo goes to the source and sort of... T- uh, yeah, but does it live? No, that Neo does not So it's only live. happy if you think the Bible New Testament is happy ending. Uh, no, I'd be like the hu- human you race know? happy Right? Yeah, if you know the Jesus sacrificing himself for the uh, sins oh, of humanity. Yeah, sure, yeah, it's the same story. Right? Yeah, yeah, okay, that's that's yeah, that's uh, probably a very <laughs> obvious. Uh, yeah, and obvious, the Neo uh, was uh, yeah. the same as the one. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very deep, we you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's what uh, that's how far we got us in the nineties. So was it two thousand? Exactly. <laughs> it's just too obvious. It's too on the nose when you watch it again. Yeah. But anyway. What defines a happy ending? So this world, right? The the machines still control the world. They still grow humans in these uh, large fields, you know, in those red uh, um, slime pods. And none of that actually changes. All that changes is that the people living in, uh, in Zion survive. That's everything? That's everything. Hmm. And they're like, yeah, and they big party, we survived, the war is over. Everyone's like, the war is over, the war is over. And I'm, as a viewer, like, but what? nothing has changed. You're still a small outcast society in a world controlled by machines, and people are still being grown. Nothing has changed, literally. Nothing. So... The happy ending. It's not happy at all. It's they just sort of uh, they just surrendered. Really, the humans just gave up. So they traded. If you don't kill us, we'll be happy just keeping to ourselves, 
you can keep growing humans and we'll just not bother each other. That, that's, yeah. that's the happy ending yeah. in Matrix. So what you're saying is that they need a Matrix 4. <laughs> well, uh, well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. No, I think they just messed it up, really. Because yeah. that's not a happy ending at all. Yeah. But they made the viewer like, yeah, humans won! And then you reflect on it, which I didn't, you know, when I was younger. It's like, what did they win? Neo mm. died. They survived, sure. Very, like, immediate. I mean, their selfish natures would be happy that they survived. Mm. But human race is still majorly fucked. I mean, think about this pretty deep, because uh, the humanity made uh, sins after Jesus died, too. And see where we are now. We're pretty fucked. Okay. So, yeah. so okay. it's kind of like reality. Yeah, except... Yeah, I don't know. Just trying to put a positive <laughs> spin on Fred's friend here. No, man. Uh, Matrix 2 and 3, big mistakes. Okay. Yeah, did, did, but you, did you watch 1, 2 and 3 and you didn't watch the animated uh, Matrix? Well, and, I have uh, seen... Animatrix? Well, I love the Animatrix. Oh. When, at least when I... It's been a long time since I've seen okay. it. But yeah. those were cool because they were more like... Uh, um, closed short stories, weren't they? Okay, I don't know. I didn't like the 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 style. No, I, I agree. Some of them were pretty strange, actually. Uh, but uh, I I do remember it was very hip to to like the Animatrix. Yeah, it was like, so. but did you watch the Animatrix? Yeah, bro. But you notice the same people saying that with the same people walking around in Matrix <laughs> outfits, <laughs> long uh, leather, uh, probably, yeah, right? probably. <laughs> You know, I actually owned uh, a, a set of Matrix glasses. Didn't I mention this to you earlier? I don't know. I feel like I mentioned... Damn it. I may be repeating myself. I don't know. Uh, I at least had the, the shades of... Uh, you might have, but I don't listen to everything. You say. <laughs> yeah, you put on a filter, a strategic filter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's, that was all for me on this other entertainment. Uh, so maybe we'll bounce out again yeah. of that. Okay. <laughs> okay, so let's try that uh, 11 minutes D&D, Vidal. Yeah. Your favorite segment. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> but maybe not after today. <laughs> okay. Um, well, the, we have to recap fast what's happening last time. Yeah. We ar- arrived in the, our uh, town. Shelltown. Yeah, that uh, was last last. Yeah, time. last. Uh, I just you, wanted, you have a ride in Shelltown. Yeah. You uh, watched a temple on the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. You watched two inns in the main road. Yes. For the Golden Opportunity Inn. You couldn't get in there, but you got into the Goblin Launcher Inn. Yep. You solved a vermin problem in the basement. Yes. Killing the rust beetle, uh, and discovering two rust beetle eggs. Well, you think there yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you got up and the owner the Goblin Lodger was uh, very happy Yeah. Uh, and you can stay there for free and drink for free so yeah. in many ways it's game over you can just, just enjoy life if that's your where your ambitions end mm. for your character uh, the <laughs> elf named uh, Elf Dolph Elf Elf Lundgren Elf Lundgren <laughs> alright uh, yeah and uh, it's a new day, and you wake up in your room. Oh, did I finally get a night's sleep after all those uh, I don't know days, weeks without sleep? Yeah, so you, you can take away your exhaustion levels. All right. Yes. Yeah. Okay, this feels good. And uh, 
I have no stress with money because I the innkeeper told me I could stay here for like a week or something. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, I guess I'll. You have a broken I'll... sword. Well, yeah, yeah. Is this the sword I found in the cellar? Uh, yeah, that's a, a rusty oh, sword, but the, the rusty will damage your sword. Oh, yeah. uh, so that's uh, a great sword uh, working as a normal sword, actually. So I kind of lost my great sword uh, ability. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe I'll... I'm thinking maybe I'll see if there's a blacksmith in town. Maybe I I think I should try to get a new great sword uh, sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I guess I'll... Am I in like a second story? Yeah. So I'll walk downstairs, where I assume is where the bar and all that... The bar, breakfast is being served. Ooh. It's not a big breakfast, it's only some bread and, uh, bread and water, uh, almost. And, <laughs> and, and beer from those uh, crazy mugs we're talking the, about. The short and wide Short mugs. and wide uh, mugs. Uh, okay. And also there are two half orcs playing uh, uh, game of cards. Oh, they're still going. Yeah, and there's a hobbit sleeping or dead in the corner. Okay, uh, well, I'll start with a little breakfast. Yeah. Uh, is this the continental breakfast? This is the Shelltown breakfast. Okay, it looks very like a continental breakfast, like a piece of bread and some jam or something. Yeah. Do you have jam? Like strawberry jam? I can get some jam. That sounds suspicious. Uh, <laughs> I think I'll just settle for what's already here. Okay. Uh, I'll grab a bite to eat, uh, not really... Well, ask the innkeeper, actually, what's up with these weird mugs you have? Why are they so wide and short? Well, I like them. Okay, is that mm. only the only reason? I think that's all you need to know for, for now. <laughs> it's on a need-to-know basis, mister. <laughs> okay, so uh, I don't think I'll... While you I'm want eating beer for your breakfast? No, thanks. I'll, I'm fine. Um, but I will actually go over to this uh, gnome character that's sleeping or maybe possibly dead. He's a hobbit. Oh, hobbit. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he has... Um, well, you can take a perception check. I, I will think roll that's my, wisdom. I'll roll my pink dice. Yeah. D6. Oh. Flat six. Oh. Lots oh. of details there, actually. Um, well, he's uh, uh, he's sleeping. Okay. Well, he might be drunk and sleeping, but he's not dead. He's oh. breathing. Okay, I am relieved. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, he if he'd been lying there, he should have been going smelly or something if he'd been still lying there dead. Yeah. Uh, okay, I will... Uh... He's wearing a very nice cloak. Okay. Uh, there's a money pouch on the table mm-hmm. where he has his feet. Mm-hmm. His feet are hairy and they have bruises too. Okay. Uh, that's about it, I think. Yeah. I will try to uh, wake him up. By poking him on the shoulder, like, excuse me, sir. Yeah, he don't seem to wake up. I will poke slightly harder. Well, he must be really, really drunk. I will poke Maybe his heart. Maybe even unconscious. unconscious. I will slap him gently on the cheek. No reaction. Uh, I will slap him really hard on the cheek. Whoopah! You hear from the bar. Well, let, let him be. Uh, okay, sorry. Don't arrest the customer. Is he still not awake? No. Gosh darn it. Uh, hmm. Well, I ha- I will try to have a look in this money pouch. I'm not going to steal anything yet. I will mm. just want to open it up. Do you reach for it and open it up? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, you can take uh, uh, dexterity saving throw. Boom. That's good. 
you actually see uh, that uh, you, I guess you got an answer for your question because it turns out the Goblin Launcher mm-hmm. is able to launch those mugs really, really hard and fast and fast. So you see three mugs coming at you. Whoa! And you're, and you're going to dodge, uh, dodge the first one. Yeah. Um, and you can try to dodge the second one. Well, you take six damage. Ouch! Uh, and you can try to dodge the third one. Oh no! A one. <clears throat> you take four more damage. So you suffer ten damage already from two flying uh, mugs with the uh, iron uh, bottom. So I have five, only five five hit points hit left. left. Uh, do uh, you can I, you can roll initiative? Yeah. Is this the innkeeper doing? Yeah, this, to this me? is the goblin launcher launching launching mugs. <laughs> uh, what's what? your dexterity? My dexterity is d six plus one. Okay, I've just uh, I don't have a dexterity for my innkeeper. So well, you go first. Uh, well, uh, I was just gonna look. I wasn't going to steal anything. I'm watching you. Yeah, apparently you were <laughs> watching me very close. You didn't have to launch things with me. I was just uh, you know checking. I keep an eye on everything here. I know what's going on. So can I look inside this pouch? Without you flinging more stuff at me? He fling three more... No! Three more and you're amazed because you have only have one attack, but he seems to have three attacks with those mugs. What monks. the fuck? So, dexter- three dexterity saving throws. Miss. I fail it. Yeah, okay. They just take two three. Fail. And fail. So you take... Uh, Come on! Three, seven... You take 11 more uh, points uh, damage. You only get uh, knocked unconscious. Minus six. So I get zero, sort of, and unconscious? I'm on minus six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're down to zero. You're unconscious. You don't feel anything. Uh, You might feel that someone get a hold of you. Next thing you know, you wake up outside the goblin launcher in the mud. No! Um, Not again. And something strange going on, because you actually wake up in the wet wet mud uh, with one hit point. What's so strange about that? Well, what's strange about it is that you should, uh, well, you should, you should uh, probably be lying there conscious for longer. Oh yeah, okay. but uh, but you feel some energy from the mud outside Golden Launcher and uh, Golden Opportunity in. That is strange. It's strange. Uh, okay, so um, any anyone around like nearby? Uh, only person you can uh, see is the person. Well, you see the Holos standing in front of the Golden Opportunity Inn. Yeah. You see the bouncer from the Golden Launcher, who has probably launched you in the mud. And you see a person walking up towards the temple with um, a huge uh, uh, jug. Okay, well, I've had enough of these bars for... Uh, they're apparently assholding both of them. So I think I'm going to go to the temple. Yeah. Right, enough for this uh, slum area. I'm gonna so, go sightseeing. Yeah, so the people with the huge uh, and the man with the huge uh, jug is also walking up to the temple. Uh, I guess I will try to tag along with him uh, if he's if if I'm able to catch up with him. Yeah, uh, I will say. You catch him and it's, it's sort of scared. Whoa, whoa, what are you doing here? <laughs> Am I like dirt? Stay away from me. I'm I'm no harm to you. I'm an uh, innocent traveler. Dude, that mug looks heavy. Should they want well, help to carry it? I, I saw you lying in the mud. Uh, innocent people don't lie in the mud. This is profiling. 
Why does the mud have anything to do with my being guilty or not guilty? You yeah. should uh, examine your own uh, prejudice. Well, it sure has a lot of uh, things to do with you walking next to me right now. Yes, but uh, you know, I'm 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 I'm, uh, I'm completely harmless. I promise. Okay, are you here to pray? Yeah, I think I'm gonna pray that I will get into the golden opportunity in. Mm. I see, and that's why you're wearing the mud that. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You should be thankful the golden opportunity in is a big sponsor of the temple. Oh, are they really? Mm. Had they not been, you could have been lying in that mud for maybe days. Uh, but wh- why is that exactly? Well, uh, they pay us to empty our uh, excess uh, healing portions into the mud. What? So, they, so uh, the rich people in the Golden Opportunity Inn that get, that get too drunk and uh, <laughs> uh, thrown up by holes actually don't uh, die. Wow, that's a very specific uh, arrangement you have. And that's my job. So that's why that's why you were just down here. Yeah. So so you em- the jug you are carrying is now empty. Yes, I emptied oh. it on you. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're my new best friend. What? Do you want to hear some poetry? Yes, I would love to. Man with a jug, I'll give him a hug. It's empty, but he cannot tempt me to lug. It instead of him, I don't know. That's it. All I have. Wow, that's the best poetry I heard in my life. Thank you. I have much, much more. Much more. I will continue to recite random poetry while walking all the way up to the hill with him. Yeah, I think you made a friend, and you find out that his name is uh, Christopher. Christopher, I will yeah. make a note. Yeah, and I think we should end there because we're. Uh, I don't know, but I'm trying to uh, <laughs> trying to hit eleven minutes. Uh, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> well, okay, that's cool. Uh, we're. The adventure is progressing, hmm? and I'm finally out of those shit halls. Yeah. Although I didn't actually get to speak to the card players, I feel like I kind of messed up on that Hobbit as well. But uh, yeah. oh well, maybe next, maybe maybe get a new opportunity. Maybe yeah. you're maybe you're not welcomed in the Goblin Lounge anymore. I don't know. Yeah, we'll maybe. see. We'll see. Maybe I'll have to fight my way in. And we'll see what's going on in that temple. Hmm. Let's Strange find things. out. Yeah. On. The next episode of Giant Dwarf and D&D. D6 D&D. D6 D&D. Trademark. Uh, copyright pending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you, DM Dog. You're welcome. <laughs> and we are into the last segment of our cast, which is Epic Moments. Yeah. Uh, you've been hinting at some sort of computer-related epic moment? Well, I have two epic moments, and none of them are going to make me look any good. Okay. Uh, but that's the... I, think I the... have one, so maybe you go first. Yeah, sure. I go. Uh, well, we can start with the computer thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, a fair, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a computer expert at all. Uh, after all, I am a teacher. But I, yeah. I'm... I thought I knew my well way around computers. Uh, I knew how they were, you know, how to maneuver in them. Yeah. Uh, as long as it's not an, a Mac. Yeah, as long as it's not a Mac. And <laughs> but what, one thing about my old computer now is uh, starting to worry me, and it seems to uh, the hard drive is uh, uh, getting less and less avail- available space. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe a virus is eating up my space or something like that. Yeah. 
Uh, and that's why uh, I was a little bit shocked when uh, my Civilization game disappeared and mm-hmm. there was uh, no room for it to install it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out, I, uh, computers actually, and I did actually know this, but uh, I found out can again. I, can I guess? Yes. The D drive? Yes, they have different <laughs> drives. So it turns out that uh, even though the drive that originally Civilization was installed in, that's, and that is getting smaller. The C drive? Available. available uh, so. mm-hmm. I don't know if it's called D or F or... Uh, C probably. It's like C program. Yeah, but then the available drive. Oh, yeah, sure. But... So I found out there's another available drive. <laughs> and it turns out all the... I was already deleting stuff to get those... I think 16 gigabytes uh, I need for civilization. Yeah. Or the Saga banner, which only needs like 6 gigabytes or something like that for the last one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was trying to scramble for those gigabytes. Oh, man. Turns out there's 500 free gigabytes ready for me to play with. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> what a Christmas present! Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> great. <laughs> That's amazing. So uh, I celebrated by installing Dawn of Man. And, uh, yeah. yeah. But is, is it the... Through Steam, you got that. Yeah, because I had I had um, what I had done wrong apparently was to save the Steam uh, library on the C drive. Yeah, and not the other drive. Exactly. But did you so, have to like reinstall? Yeah, it I Steam? reinstalled it, but that's no problem at all because the same Steam. Yeah. Um, oh, you so there was no problem with other games and the game no, catalogs. No, should be, should be. So you just install it to like the other drive and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think so. Think so. Congratulations. Congratulations. I feel stupid now. <laughs> <laughs> because I actually I actually knew that that is uh, but I, um, yeah. for some reason on um, I either forgot it or I didn't maybe you've uh, been too maybe you've been used to how you know iPads mobiles they only have the one yeah, maybe, maybe just been too uh, long since you yeah. needed the the the, the D drive yeah. that's that's that was amazing yeah. so I, I feel but, stupid now but that's the best moments <laughs> of uh, I think moments I guess but I loved how I because. I mean, I do admit I've uh, I've also made kind of the same mistake, like a couple of years ago. Where I also just every time I installed a game, I just said, yeah, install, yeah, sure. No, didn't really look at where it was going, and it also really filled up my C drive. Hmm. So uh, the last time I like completely wiped my laptop, probably like four years ago, then I made a very conscious effort to only have the Windows files on the C, yeah. and everything else is on the D drive. Yeah, so if I ever need to reinstall Windows, I won't lose any of the games or anything. Just yeah. pure Windows files will be replaced. That's a great tip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Good one. Yeah. So it's your turn, I guess. <laughs> okay, cool. So uh, my epic moment is about elevators. Uh, do you... I mean, I'm not... I'm probably not the only one who, uh, I don't know, but I guess I'm not the only one who sometimes do, do weird things in an elevator. Let's see, if I'm alone, you know, uh, door closes, I usually practice little electric boogaloo in front of the mirror oh, yeah, okay. or oh. do a little dance or, you know, something like that. Have you yeah. ever done anything like that? Uh, no, I just pose. Okay, flex yeah. and pose. Flex and yeah. pose. Okay, but it's, I think it's very human to sort of, when you have that those moments alone in the elevator yeah. you should do something sort of yeah. that you wouldn't do otherwise yeah. but sometimes I, I, I would think like, oh what if there's a camera in here yeah. and then I get paranoid like yeah. probably it's like oh shit I look probably stupid now sort of hidden in the roof somewhere. yeah and actually that's, that's a good trick actually a colleague of mine this is a bit of a sidetrack by the way but a colleague of mine at uh, the old workplace he came in and he said hey do you know there's a camera in the elevator 
And it was a lie, right? It was a joke. But some of the people like, no way! <laughs> and he was like, just kidding. And they were like, oh God, because they probably done all sorts of weird shit yeah. in their way, right? So anyway, I was on my, on my way back uh, home from work and uh, this big elevator uh, is going to, uh, like down from the, the shopping center and down to the subway. I had to go there to, to get to the subway. And, uh, you know, I came in, did a little, little dance, a little jig, sort of. Uh, <laughs> and then I was like, what if there's a camera in here? And I turn around, and the, the, the largest camera you could possibly <laughs> imagine is installed in the elevator. <laughs> it's like, obviously, uh, this, like, this is, uh, this is a monitored elevator. We are watching you, and it's. I think it's to you know reduce uh, crime or fighting or drug deals or and stuff because it's a bit of a pressured area, right? Mm. Like uh, mm. Oslo East, but it was just so. Uh, it just really like it just scared me because this. Uh, I felt almost paranoid because I turned around, but it was just staring me right in the face. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, they have me. They have me dancing a jig in the elevator, but that's fine. They probably see all kinds of shit. <laughs> Probably the worst thing on that. Yeah, depends on the jig, I guess. But. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, was, that was mine. That was my big moment. So, uh, do you have a second moment? Uh, yeah, and stacking up. Today. Also, one that does not make you look good. That you said. Uh, not at all. Um, well, um, you know, it's summer, and I cut my hair short, and mm -hmm. many people do. Yeah. And uh, my wife told me, "Well, can't you? Well, maybe you should uh, cut the hair of uh, Victor." My oldest uh, son. Yeah. He's three and a half year old. And I said, yeah, sure, I can do that. But I'll, all I can do is to shave off his head like I do with my head. Yeah. And she said... But do you go completely, like, zero millimeters? I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting to that. Okay, yeah. And so I just shave it up, off. Because yeah. I, I, I just, no, uh, just completely off. No, okay. uh, just... Just a machine. Yeah, yeah, just machine. Yeah. No extra No, no razor, but uh, machine. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I said, I told her, well, all I can do is to... I'm going to do shave that. off all his head then. You yeah. want me to do it? Mm -hmm. And she was very set to cut his hair, apparently. Yeah. So she yeah, yeah, sure, do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just, okay. I think that's a little bit strange that mm -hmm. you wanted that, but uh, so I can do that. Yeah. So I do what every normal person do when they have a, a machine and going to cut off the head. Yeah. They start in the middle of the head and go, go back <laughs> backwards. <laughs> yeah. And I cut off all his hair. Yeah. Really all is hair. I didn't know that three and a half year old boys, when you take off their hair, it's impossible to see if they're a boy or a girl. <laughs> That's one. Of and also my wife freaked out because yeah. she was expecting uh, the summer cut I have given him yeah. last year. What was that? Which was not only machine, but you know, this add-on. A bit, a bit longer. So you had the but I, Yeah, but I had forgotten that. And I had given him a haircut earlier oh. that was longer. So I ended up shaving all, all his hair and it looked terrible. I have seen and a photo of this. It was very bad. Mm -hmm. And he, she and my wife was uh, not happy. It was a misunderstanding. <laughs> because I had the logic on my side. Yeah. Uh, I, was, uh, I was going to cut off all his hair. You said yes. Mm -hmm. So that's all well and fine. But she was thinking of something else. Yeah. And she kept, kept doing this cancer boy and boy in the striped pajamas uh, jokes. Uh, or not jokes, but comments. Yeah. 
Uh, and he looked. And uh, what's made it even worse that he, is that the next morning, of course, he wore striped pajamas. So it just. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I don't get well, I don't get that reference actually. Oh, it's a friend movie. The boy is striped pajamas because it's about a, a young German boy. His dad is in the military and yeah. during the Second World War, mm. and they uh, they he works somewhere and he goes out to where he's working and he see a fence. Yeah. And on the other side of the fence, there's a boy in striped pajamas because there's a prison camp, prison camp, like oh, a concentration okay. camp. Yeah, and he's bald. Uh, and so, yeah, and he's. Uh, a Jew in a striped pajamas, oh, yeah. all hair shaved enough. Oh, okay. So they get, uh, they get friends. Uh, they are friends, the German oh, okay, boy and okay. him. But it ends up terribly. But uh, yeah. but I did get the cancer boy comment, and because yes. uh, he did look like he had leukemia. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> he absolutely did. I I just I saw a photo and like, oh well, that's pretty radical. Yeah. yeah. So I know that Vida uh, and Kina are pretty pretty radical duos. Yeah. So maybe they sort of hey, let's yeah. make our oldest look like a badass uh, so, kid. So, so just to, so my youngest son still has a lot of hair. <laughs> He's probably I'm, terrifying. I'm, I'm not going anywhere near the, those hands again. <laughs> I think. Oh yeah, that was a that was a pretty. You put you put you kind of messed that up. Yeah, I did. I also, my hair is a little bit darker, and I suppose the hair is a little bit thicker. Yeah. So when I when I shave off my hair. You can still see, like a trace. Uh, see some of the hair. Yeah, yeah. But, when, but, but he has his hair so uh, not thin exactly, but more boyish. You know? Yeah. Like, just, so when you take it off, there's no hair left. There's it's nothing just, on there. It's just yeah. skull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah well done. You yeah. have a future career for you, yeah. hairdresser. Trying to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. I think with that we are at the, the end of this episode. You hear that, Steve Hildrew? I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't hammer even get. You, you hang, what did you I say? didn't hammer get even. Why are you jumbling your words? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I get it. It's, uh, <laughs> you were pretending to be drunk while claiming not to be drunk. Oh, yeah, so I was pretending to be jo- Yoda. Hammered? I did not. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so uh, now we're going to uh, eat some pizza and play a game of Dead Zone. Yeah, long live the Mason Labs. Yeah, Mason Labs for you and the Forge Fathers for me. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Okay, everyone. Bye bye. This was the Giant Dwarf Podcast. Feel free to join our Facebook group with the same name. Or follow us on Twitter at Vida Hemingby and at Fred underscore Oslo. Or email us at giantdwarfpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for now!